0: You are now listening to the Michael Signorelli podcast, where we learn leadership, get deleted scenes from the messages that I preach each week at V1 Church, New York, and have a little bit of fun along the way.
1: Okay, so last week um, at V1, you were talking about Acts 17, and one of the crazy things about Acts with Paul is that Paul took Paul was. Spending a lot of time in what time was it? For Acts seventeen. Yeah. He was in Athens. Athens, okay. Yeah. So we spending a lot I of time. In I can't pulled that off. Yeah, you did. You really did. <laughs> Athens. What, what, <laughs> what a random little scripture that you read. But yeah. I, I read it again last night or and it's interesting to think of Paul as a man starting a church. Yeah. So when you I did the exact same thing in my Bible. Um <laughs> you tabbed it? Yeah.
0: For those of you guys listening, I tab my Bible out with, like, these stickies. Stickies? Colored stickies.
1: I actually folded the corner off. I'm not as fancy as you were. (laughs) Um, but Paul's spending all his time in Athens talking to people, getting to know people, preaching the gospel, telling people about good news, and the religious leaders there are like, what is this foreign thing that you're bringing into our town? Which Mike doesn't relate to at all, uh, starting a church in Long Island. Um... (laughs) So one of the things that I wanted to kind of ask you about is is how you know how have you found it how have you, how how's it been being in New York like how what have you found being in Long Island you know coming over here from Indiana and starting a church with all the culture and you know I know I've been to your church your church is amazing so oh, I love you yeah well I need <laughs> I needed a church in my life so how's it been. Starting being Paul for, for New York. Yeah, that's a York. huge
0: compliment. I love Paul. I mean, yeah, Paul's Paul's amazing, like so I pro- I don't really deserve that. Um, but we do need Paul. So I'm gonna read something actually. So Acts chapter seventeen verse twenty two says Paul then stood up in the meeting uh, of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way that you are very religious as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of this very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And uh, so to me, that's been like the biggest thing I've noticed is that people are just religious. Mm -hmm. And I think when you define religion as a series of customs, you know, um, that that's that's my biggest barrier. I think is breaking through religion, which you would think like, okay, well, you're already halfway there because you're worshiping something, you know. But it's not it's not like that because religions isn't it, religion isn't halfway to God. It's literally in the opposite direction completely, right. you know. Because what Paul was bringing was a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because see, here's how Paul encountered God. He was on the road to Damascus, this big bright light blinds him, and then God speaks to him directly through and says, "Hey, this is Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. I've got a work for you to do."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the opposite of religion. Like right. so, you know, what and then, so here's the thing, like religion is fixed, relationship is spontaneous. Wow. You know, he was on the road to Damascus and he didn't have that planned out, but God had a plan. And I mm. think that like You know, I love Sunday services. We do them every single week. But if that's all you have, what you have is religion. Wow. You know, and I feel like people have been thinking that what we're asking them to do is just transfer religions. Mm. Like, go from your religion to this V1 religion. Mm. But instead, it's like actually abandon religion completely. And come into a relationship with Jesus and come into a relationship with others. Mm. So that's... And so what I love is... Paul kind of points something out. He's like, "Yo, one of these gods you're worshiping is literally called the unknown god. So let me just tell you what his name really is." Right. And I feel like Long Island and and even Queens, like just a lot of Catholicism, a lot of Judaism, like you know, it, it's they they know God by name, right. but they don't know God by relationship.
1: Oh my God, I was just gonna say that.
0: Oh yeah, tell yeah. me about so, it. So
1: the thing that it left up in my spirit when. I read that was that people still don't know who God is yeah one of the biggest things in in my personal journey when I was when I was searching and just trying to find something and 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 knew that I that I wanted a relationship with God was getting to know who God was and what he really cared about Mm -hmm. you know he didn't you you know and the things and how many things that we talk about today that God doesn't care about like you talk about all the time that many of the things that V1 does is is maybe cultural right now or popular right now but it might not be 10 or 15 20 years from now but god's word will be the same the yeah. only thing that hasn't changed since paul like the only thing that hasn't changed is god's word since paul did what he did in athens <laughs> yeah, yeah. what we're doing in long island yeah but it's because god hasn't changed yeah some of the yeah. packaging has changed some of the yeah. things that we do has changed and you talk about how like 10 years from now we'll probably be laughing at some of the stuff that we're doing now oh, yeah so can you talk about like the the you talk about all the time with me how people seek God's hands? yeah you know they seek what you know like every time you get your paycheck you say, oh God, you say a little prayer, oh God <laughs> so or they you know if they're in a crisis or they're yeah. in trouble or they have tr- trouble in their relationship, they run mm-hmm. to God as if he's nine one one. Can you talk about like seeking God's face like getting yeah. to know who God really yeah. is and what that looked like for you?
0: Well, I, you know, I want to first apologize for my coffee breath because we're huddled around this <laughs> this microphone in this cafe here in Ridgewood, Queens, and like it's kind of nice. I'm, <laughs> he can he's getting caffeinated by breathing my, my that's, breath. That's fine. But um, <laughs> um, but anyways. Actually, I feel like we're kind of having a holy moment, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I started getting a little emotional. I've been very emotional these days. Like, you know, moving your family across country to start a church, you just get, like, exposed emotionally. And, like, but Ivan and I have spent the entire summer on some of these themes. Mm -hmm. And now that this is, like, round two of podcasting, actually being able to share them with a larger audience is just so um, incredible. Yeah. You know? And, Mm -hmm. like just amazing man that like you know these are the things that we grappled with and so I always said that people often they start by seeking God's hand mm-hmm. so a lot of times people are like the very first thing they say to me is Pastor Mike um, you know I'm praying that God would bless me with this job or bless me with this house or bless me with this relationship you know what else can I do you know I haven't gotten me yet or whatever and I'm like you can ask God give God give me you
1: oh yeah yes. <laughs> and start mm-hmm. there
0: because when you when you seek God for his face and not his hands. His hands are close to his face. Mm -hmm. You know, and like people, like where where God's face is, his hands are close. And I think that people miss the point that like the things that we are asking God for are all passing away anyways. Right. You know what I mean? The material things like... They, they don't last but more than 100, 200 years max mm-hmm. and they'll be in a garbage heap somewhere right. and God's like I'm actually trying to give you something better than the thing you want from my hand mm-hmm. I'm giving you my eyes oh, yes. to look you in your eyes mm-hmm. and the, my, my mouth to speak and affirm your identity my ears to actually hear you and have a dialogue and a relationship mm-hmm. and it's just like anything man like when God's your sugar daddy oh yes <laughs> <laughs> you know he, he refuses to have that kind of relationship mm-hmm. because he wants something deeper than that. Like right. he doesn't want to date you. He wants to marry you. Amen. And I think that, like, you know, sometimes women have that phenomenon. Men probably do it too, but more so, women are like, you know, I just went out on the date for the experience, you know, for the dinner, right? You know, or whatever. I don't yes. know if you know if I was really. I don't younger. know a lot of
1: guys that do that.
0: <laughs> I tried to make this more like universal, but <laughs> I'm realizing that's probably not the case, mm-hmm. but. But you know, it's like God really refuses to do that. Right. But I will say, um, sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. God actually gives us his hands first. Because yes. he knows on some superficial level, right. that's going to be like, the, the, for example, Paul, we're talking about Paul in Athens. Everywhere he went, there were signs, miracles, and wonders. And oftentimes they happened first, mm-hmm. then he preached the gospel. Right. So he would get these people in a place where it was like, Did you see those sick people healed? Did you see all these miracles? Yeah. And it, it gave some validity to then the gospel. Yes. So I've seen it go both ways. Mm-hmm. I've seen sometimes where like God moves and just rocks people's world. Mm-hmm. And then through that, they're like, Wow, God really cares. But then I've also seen it go the other way. Right. When, God
1: really cares and then your life moves.
0: Exactly. Like God's like, You're going to learn. A relationship with me because then when i give you that success when i give you those blessings you're going to know truly where it came from mm.
1: and so. i was just thinking that there's nothing wrong with seeking god's hands there's exactly. something inside of us that instinctually knows that god is the only place that we can go to get an answer yeah. for certain things exactly. There's only some things that God can do. And even if, you know, you see non-believers say it, like you say, you know, the the name of Jesus gets said so many times by both believers and non-believers. When something goes wrong, you don't say, oh, Buddha, you say, (laughs) you know, you know, so there's part and God, the the crazy thing is the sovereignty of God. The fact that God can use that, even if you don't come the right way, even if you don't come the correct way or want the right, the want necessarily want his face he'll still build start to build that relationship with his hands the thing that i that 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 i feel like most people struggle with is taking it deeper yes is going away because now you know if if all right let's say god solves a problem or he puts somebody in your life that starts to begin healing or you come to v1 church and you start to get that that community and that healing and that experience that you want from a from a place where you can get to know god yeah how do we take it to another level and start to get to know God's face as opposed to just seeking okay yeah. I want this I want that I yeah. want this and, and like you said it's really weird when you first start praying to say hey God I want I just want more of you I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah but if you think about it in a relationship you know in the beginning of a relationship you're right you go you go on dates you go yeah. you see each other you know once a week twice a week yeah. and then you see each other at church or whatever yeah. but then mm. there comes a point where it's like all right this isn't enough I want more, I want more more. of you, I want more of you in my life, you know, Mm. I want you more on the phone, more available to me, like all that stuff kind of comes over time, so how does, how how do you make that switch with a God that you can't see? Man, that is so good, I'm getting that, I'm
0: catching that image, you're right, Mm. like, There was a time where I was dating Julie, where I was just like, the only thing that's going to solve this desire is we got to be together 24 hours. Mm. Like you got to move in. Yes. And I think that's like, you're right. There's some people I'm watching crossing that line where it's like, it's time to move in with God. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yes. But you know, I think that here's the thing I was thinking in the book of Genesis, when we, when humanity was created, it says we were made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. So to get to when you say God I want more of you yes. what you're saying is and without realizing it is I want to know more about me mm. the wow. true me right because I was created in the image and likeness of God mm-hmm. so to ask for more of him in your life is to ask for more of the true you mm. like nice. that and that's the thing that I I've, I've been realizing and I think that that comes through worship mm. and the other thing that I've been challenging people in this era we are constantly bombarded by data you know what I mean so yeah. um Like, whether it's our phone, whatever, like, information, information. So I've been challenging people, like, part of your prayer can be silenced and should be silenced. Like, right now, we're we're podcasting, and it's like, while I'm talking, you're not. While you're talking, I'm not. And that creates a relationship. Mm. And so... I think that, like, um, there's this guy, uh, Young Cho, he's got one of the largest churches in the world. Okay. And he was talking to this other pastor who came to him and said, why is it that uh, I have 3,000 and you have 300,000 at the time? He said, uh, "Well, how how often do you pray?" And he's like, "Well, I pray every day, and I pray for I think it was like a half an hour mm-hmm. or an hour." And he's like, "I can get all of what I need to say to God said in that time." Right. And Yongi Cho said, "Well, that's the difference between 3, 300,000 is that I pray for three hours a day." Mm-hmm. And he said, um, "But I'm not talking to God the entire time; I'm listening." for more than half of it wow! and he was like it's in that listening that I receive the ideas and the strategy to go and do and I think that that is the face so like the hand of God is a one dimensional relationship you're just receiving receiving like give me give me give me but um, from His hand, but the face of God is a dialogue, not a monologue. Mm. And I think that's when you're asking God, "Give me more of You." You're basically saying, um, "I also want to listen to You, mm. not just You listen to me and talk to You." Mm. And I think that that's like a breakthrough moment. Wow. Like some of the biggest, like that. Okay, um, the whole church started off of that. Now that I, now that I'm saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I was standing in my garage in Indiana and I said, You know, God, you, and I just started to begin to pray generically, like, I wanna be in your will, I wanna do what you want me to do with my life, and I just stood there. And it was like in this moment of silence that I felt this impression on I'm my heart from the Holy Spirit, and I felt like the words were, Go to New York and serve those people with your life. Right. And it was literally like the circuit of communication was completed. Mm. Like, yeah. I said something and then God, God said something, something bad. Yeah. And then then what did I do? I packed my stuff up after Hurricane Sandy and came out here. Wow. So it was like, and then all of a sudden I got here, then God had all these moves. Here, and it's like that back and forth. Yeah. I think the that's what it means. Yes, yeah. yeah. the <laughs> yeah. foot lamp.
1: <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you, what do you, th- I um, mean, I had a cause question are already drawing it out, the foot lamp and the yeah. floodlight. Well, I had a, that, that's part of the foot lamp, right? Like, we, we. Save, tell God a little bit of what we want. And one of the, the biggest things that I've realized is that God literally hung the sun in the sky, you know, holds the universe together with the power of his will. His sovereign, knows the end from the beginning, made us, stitched us together in our brother's womb. Yes. You know, a crazy things like saves our tears in a bottle and counts the hairs <laughs> yeah. on our heads. Like all this detailed crazy mm. stuff that God has the power to do. But a lot of times we don't ask or we don't even talk to God. And many times, mm. to go back to our theme from the last podcast, it's because we've been taught you have to memorize a prayer. You have mm. to be on your knees. You got to be wearing the right clothes. You have to be, a, it has to be the right time. You can't have just sinned and talked to God. You can't have just, right. um, you know, had an argument with your wife and speak mm. to God. You can't have, have, be having a tough day and talk to God. So can, so can you talk about how you look at that prayer? because I you know I hear good, in the in the leadership space you, you hear a lot about meditation yes. and thinking and this and that well in, in Jesus is the ultimate leader yeah in my opinion yeah Jesus is the ultimate leader and he was constantly alone yeah. praying and I and every and every time I meditate I think okay the only difference between what everybody else is talking about with meditation and what we talk about is that we talk about talking to god yeah and then you just literally said sit in silence yeah and listen to what god is saying to you so yeah. every time i meditate it is a prayer yeah i'm thinking about hey look god do these you know what do you want me to do i want to be in your will thank you so right. much for all the things that you give me so can you talk about how you look at prayer and oh, man, how you view awesome. it yeah i love this yeah the uh, here's the thing so
0: David said, I meditate on your word, Mm. you know, day and night. I think the idea of meditation comes from this, uh, the root of it is secular humanism. Mm. So it's this idea that the answer, the truth is already inside of me and I've got to tap into it. Mm. The gospel message is actually the complete opposite of that. Mm. It's that the answer is not intuitively inside of you. It's outside of you as, you know, embodied as the person of Jesus Christ. And then after the Holy Spirit indwells and fills you, now the answer is inside of you. Okay. So like, you know, just so our version of meditation is not... Because here's the thing. If your mind is full of toxic thoughts... Mm. I mean, I've done speaking on that where it's just like the multiple tens of thousands of toxic negative thoughts we think a day. Then when you're meditating, what are you tapping into? Mm. You know what right, I mean? Like right. you're going back right. to the sewage that's already stewing in your brain. Right. You know, so like for a Christian to meditate, we're meditating on, on not our words, but his words. Oh, because God. those are the words like the, the Bible, it says like the Bible is a, lamp, a foot lamp. Mm. you know, uh, unto my path. And so you have the Word of God being compared to a light and a lamp that lights your path. You also, it says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that it pierces into the innermost parts of man. So then the Word is also sharp and it's able to cut and do surgery. So it's our words, and I say this often before I preach, like Mike Signorelli's words can do nothing in your life. Mm. The Word of God can change everything. So when you're meditating, you're basically saying, um, allowing your mind which is part of your soulless realm. You know, Mm -hmm. your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions. Meditate on something outside of itself that's now inside of itself as a result of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And to me, the other thing too about the memorized prayers is you know again that's religion religion I think religion the first person who wrote those prayers everyone memorized was probably a real prayer warrior right and then the 30,000 person down the line right was just yes. checking off of something from their checklist you right, know? right right so like for me that's the difference mm. it's like What if, what if, what if we did marriage like that? Like me and you are married, you know. What if there was a script that every day we woke up, and when we woke up, we looked at our wives and we said, "Thank you for thou dais that you give me." Yeah, da da da. (laughs) You know, like maybe the first date morning you did it, it'd be like, "Wow, he's so sweet." Mm -hmm. Then. 362 mornings later, she'd be like, What's wrong with him? Right, right. Like, doesn't he, you know, is that, it it starts to become inauthentic the more times you repeat it. Right. And I think that what I like about David is when you read David's prayers, and if you read the message version of the Bible, they're so raw. I mean, and you asked this really important question. You said, you know, or you said this statement. Uh, after you sin, like how soon after you sin do you pray? Mm-hmm. And then that would—that's such a good question because yeah. it's like, well, I just sinned a few minutes ago. Maybe I'll wait a few hours so I distance myself from it, so I'm mm-hmm. more worthy. Right. But David was like the complete opposite, man. Mm-hmm. He would literally come out of like his worst sin mm-hmm. and just turn around, fall to his face, and be like, "Yep, I just screwed up." Mm-hmm. But in the Bible says that he had a heart after God. Right. And it's just—I think it's like. God would rather us have sin in our life That we're dealing with And a heart after him Mm. Than sin in our life And a heart that's facing the other direction Mm -hmm. You know So that's kind of How I look at the meditation
1: prayer thing It's Mm. like It's so interesting to hear you talk about God And to think in my heart Like you know God loves you yeah and we treat we treat and prayer is just talking to god and having yeah. god talk to you and fill you up yes and we treat god as if he's looking at what's wrong with us every time we try to talk to us. Exactly. you're one of my you know you're one of my best friends and when we see each other we're so happy to see each other right and when you see your kids you're so happy to see your kids and yeah. hold your kids and if you haven't seen a uh, uh, you know Julie in a long time you yes. hug her and you embrace her because you love her yes god loves us mm. so much and when we talk when we talk to him like if i um, i imagine meeting god if you met god and god loved you like he the first thing he wouldn't say is like hey you're not you know you're not in the right spirit or you sinned five minutes ago so i'm so you're not going to talk to me go into the other room and and get yourself into the right place Mm -hmm. to 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 speak to me for a few minutes god doesn't work like that right god is so happy to talk to us god love like you got like that was one of the biggest revelations for me is that god loves me yeah and he wants to see me yeah and he wants to get to know he wants to show me the real me yeah he want he made me he knows what i care about he knows where my heart is and a lot of things have been either tarnished or diminished by the other the 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 disappointments in my life the things that have gone hard in my life you know the struggles in my life and I beat myself up probably more than anybody else does. So why would God want to talk to me? But I have to keep reminding myself, and that's what this book is about. Yeah. The Bible—I've been—I've heard the Bible called the love letter to you, so that God can let you know how much. You, and that's what David knew. Hey, at yeah. the end of the day, God loves me. At yeah. the end of the day, I'm a tremendous screw up. You know, I might be a king, but I'm still that shepherd boy that you know just lost a sheep or whatever. Uh, and God loves me, and I'm going to turn to my yeah. father. Yeah, I need him right now. I don't, you know, I don't need. I don't need condemnation. I need the identity. I need yeah. the 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 love. I need the the flooding of somebody who really knows who I am and yeah. knows that I'm not like that. Yeah, because you might take a snapshot of a picture of yeah. me and be like, and and say, hey man, Ivan's a raging psychopath or Ivan's really sullen or Ivan's really sad or Ivan's really upset or, or Ivan's really fired up and he's yeah. really excited and God sees all of it and he knows okay. who you really are and he's, and, he's, and he's reminding us constantly hey look, this is who you are you're, yes. you're a son or a daughter you're, you can come to me anytime my dad, if I need anytime you know, I remember one time me and my brother we we have we know nothing about cars in the family <laughs> nothing about cars carpentry anything like that yeah. so we are you know our dad gave us a toyota camry that my our, that was handed down for my mom and we just drove the wheels off of this thing so one day on the highway it died mm. and you know we managed to get it off the highway but you know i'm i'm 17 at this point my brother's 16. Mm. the first thing that we do is call dad mm. you know and my dad shows up and helps Tomorrow. us out and does everything he didn't. I didn't call him and say, "Hey, Dad, we're in trouble. The car's broken down. We need help." He didn't call me and say, "Hey, man, you, you know you didn't wash your plate at breakfast, so you're on your own, bro." <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> my father wouldn't treat me that on like that on Earth. Yeah, God on. doesn't treat us like that. That's it. Man, that is so good. I'm
0: I'm tripping because I've got to go to Long Island now. Enjoy. I'm oh, yeah, to go. But I want to say this. Ivan just dropped a huge wisdom bomb. It's about sonship mm. and religious systems need you to be afraid. They need you to be condemned. They need because that's what keeps you out of guilt see there's commitment out of guilt and there's commitment out of love mm. and it's just like it's a it's an abusive relationship that for one person so like when you're in an abusive relationship it works for one person right because yes. that person's like i've got control right so this relationship works for me mm-hmm. and so that's religion like even the the religious systems are set up in such a way whether they, it's implicit or explicit where they're controlling you through guilt through condemnation to keep their thing float Mm -hmm. versus the (laughs) dynamic of love which is dependent on like I've got a purpose and a plan for you that's Mm -hmm. what I said last week we can kind of end it on this like Jeremiah 29 it. I want to give you hope and a future Mm -hmm. and that's a gift And I didn't understand you talk about having a dad. Like I didn't understand how to receive gifts because I didn't have a dad. Mm. So, you know, I come from the perspective of like there was no one to call, you know. And I think that there's listeners that are coming from your vantage point are like, yeah, God is like my dad who loves me. Mm. And then there's other ones who are like, yeah, God is absent, like my dad was too. Mm. So what God has taught me in the last several years, as I've had my own children now, is like the same thing. Like your dad, I'm like I want to buy them things I want to take them out I want to spend time with them um, just because and, and so for me I didn't know how to receive gifts wow. because mm-hmm. I wasn't given many growing up mm-hmm. that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. so um, when I look at Jeremiah 29:11, I get this crazy revelation <laughs> mm-hmm. of like he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, right. which is God. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want to give you a hope and a future. And I'm I, when you're an orphan in the spiritual realm, everything is a reward. Mm. So you, you do something and you get a reward. Right. But to be given hope and to be given a future, that's a gift. And you don't earn a gift. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you earn it, it becomes a reward. Mm. So what he's saying is, like even when you're bad, even when you screw it all up even when you don't do right i still want to give you something Mm -hmm. and that's where i think that like v1 church and what we're trying to do is just tell people like these aren't rewards religion is constantly telling you jump through this hoop earn it Mm -hmm. but a relationship is saying no this is a gift because i love you yes yes so this was awesome man i think we still at least got
1: 25 minutes out no uh well i think we're out of time but, (laughs) but we're definitely out of time um the biggest thing that I heard is is, is is figure out, you know, ask God for a relationship. Yes. The biggest thing, you know, the Bible says you ask not because you have not. Start asking for some of these things. Start asking for a relationship. God will move. I Anytime, anytime I think about anything having to do with God and, and talking to him and speaking to him, I think of the prodigal son. Yes. I think about, you know, the prodigal son going back to his father. And the second that, that his father could see him, yes. he ran to him. And I think, and 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 I remember that anytime time that I, I want to make a move towards God, and I'm condemning myself, and I'm like, you know, because I know me better than anybody else knows me. So I know the stuff that I'm I'm the least proud of, and but every time I think of God I think of the prodigal father the prodigal son's father after everything that he did after yeah. you know and yeah. I guarantee you the father knew he was broke oh yeah he knew that <laughs> what he did he yeah. knew you know he knew that he was coming back probably in worse condition than when he left and he still ran to him because yes. he was his son
0: yes and he, he gave him a ring and a robe mm. which is like a, a robe signifies covering mm-hmm. I'm covering you mm. you were in the pigsty mm-hmm. but I got your back mm-hmm. now and the ring represents an inheritance and a commitment yes. when you put a ring on it you're like you're mine I'm yeah. committed to you mm-hmm. and I think that that's like what God wants to do as you guys are reaching out for that relationship he wants to give you a ring and a robe mm-hmm. and it's not anything you'll ever deserve other than when you know when you're a true son or daughter it's like it's a genetic disposition like nothing can change on a cellular level every and Bell our mind yes and no matter what their behavior is mm-hmm. it doesn't change their DNA mm-hmm. it's they're still mine yep. and I think that that's how God looks at us like I made them you know I said this Sunday said somebody uh, has been told that their entire life they were an accident, mm-hmm. but God's saying like you know the humans can make bodies. Right. You know we say oh you're having a child. And it's like yeah we made the body, but only God gave the life. Amen. So God gave you life. He loves you. We'll see you guys next week in yep. Ridgewood. Queens. God's got your back. We love you.
1: <laughs> Come get coffee with, at the coffee house. We love you guys. See
0: Hey, if you're getting something out of this, why don't you do us a favor? Like, subscribe, give it five stars, leave a review, share it with your friends. uh, Tell them that you've got this favorite new podcast.